As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. This is not a masked intrude. We're going to let the screen breathe just for a minute. You know the drill. It's the Huddle Up! Podcast. Presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I know it's hard for you to tell right now. You're probably questioning what you're seeing, but I am your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, my partner in crime. You know him. You love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, I'm trying to talk. I've been wearing this thing for like three minutes, and, and it's it's not bad, dude. It's not sweating my face. It's it's all good. Um, we have a giveaway. We've, we've been off for – but in the meantime, we've had a – uh, a giveaway on Twitter going. Why don't you drop some knowledge on our people? Yeah, uh, we know we have a couple shirts that we have uh, on surplus right now. We want to give some away, give back to our community, our listeners, our followers. And we put a call to action out there, Chad. And we were both blown away by the amount of interaction that tweet got. I believe it was 75, 76 retweets in a couple days span. And a bunch of people entered. And unfortunately, it's only one winner. We did crown that winner today, Chad. And uh, if he's listening right now, you want to give the uh, lucky name away. That's right. And it was randomly selected. That's right. And it goes to one second here. I'm going to pull it up. It goes to Nate at sportsfan110892 on Twitter. Nate, I hope you're watching live. Um, and uh, congratulations to you, my friend. We appreciate yep. your support and uh, your enthusiasm and passion and for engaging with us on social media and, of course, listening to the show. So, well, uh, we've already reached out to him privately to get his details, so that'll be on the way. Here's the one downside, Zach. If you're wearing glasses and it's not cold outside. Yeah, they fog. Fog's quick. So, guys, congratulations to Nate. I'm going to take this off. If you guys want to get a mile-high huddle face mask slash neck gaiter uh, for, you know, it's for, for a little swag, for a little style, keeping you safe. Uh, as things begin to open up around the country, it's good advice to continue to mask up when you go out in public, even if it's just going to the grocery store. So many people in different parts of the country are going back to work, different things. And and this is one small thing that you can do. You Here's how you do it, guys. Pretty simple. Most of you already know this. Right here, guys. You want to get a hat. You want to get a, a face mask. You want to get a T-shirt. Like we're just uh, – we just gave away to Nate 
head on over to huddleuppod.com, get your swag on. And it's a simple way to support what we're doing here at Mile High Huddle and the Huddle Up Podcast. And also today, what we're going to get into is we heard from Drew Locke for the first time, technically, in in an official presser, formal press conference, even though it was virtual. We heard from him for the first time yesterday, and there were just a few things that jumped out that Zach and I wanted to touch on tonight. We will see what's on everyone's mind in the chat stream, the Super Chat superstars as well. Uh, But first, guys, a couple of quick matters of business. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. Zach and I are going to be doing a lot more of those type of fun giveaway type things on social media where we're engaging with the awesome community of listeners. And uh, so you're going to want to make sure you're following at HuddleUpPod so that you can be not only have your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time, but really be apprised of each and every time we do, you know, whether we're giving away a hat, whether we're giving away a a hoodie, whatever, you want to be plugged in on that. And then while you're at it, make sure you're also following the main account at Mile High Huddle to get breaking Broncos news and analysis in real time. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. All right, Zach. So yesterday, woke up in the morning on Tuesday, had an email waiting in, uh, from Broncos PR, letting us know out of the blue, hey, we're going to have a press conference today. Yay, we're going to make some players available, which for guys like us, you know, we're dying from I mean, we, sh- we can't complain too hard because our, our colleagues that cover professional basketball or baseball or NCAA, anything, I mean, they're, they're the ones that have really been dealing with, with what's been happening lately. We've at least had free agency. We've at least had the draft. So, nevertheless, it's good to hear from the players, though, you know, and we got to, a, a chance to talk to Kareem Jackson. We got a chance to talk to Drew Locke. And, Zach, the one thing I wanted to touch on real quick and get your thoughts on from Drew Locke, let me pull this up really quick is, you know, we've, we've marveled at how quickly he seemed to turn the corner last year, going from the third preseason game, 10 week exile takes the field in week 13. And while it was far from perfect, the leap he had made between that third preseason game to week 13 was just, it was a quantum leap. And we attributed a lot of that to the individual coaching of Rich Scangarello and ex QBs coach TC McCartney. They did a good job from a teaching and development perspective, I think, for, of Drew Locke as a rookie. He did a great job working his butt off with the virtual reality that whole time he was on um, injured reserve. However, Zach, the question is, how did he view this new offense coming in with Pat Shermer compared to what he learned last year? And I wanted to read this to you really quick. Um, bear with me one second here. Where'd it go? 
Here we go. On the differences between Pat Shermer's scheme and what he dealt with last year with, with Rich Scangarello. Quote, I think with this offense, there's definitely more of the possibility on just regular downs, not actually full play action throwing deep. There's more opportunity for us to press the ball downfield, which I think definitely plays into my strengths and will play into the receivers that we have on the team now's strengths as well. Being able to fly down the field, excuse me, and just giving me options to change a curl route to a go route if we get man coverage, just certain things like that to where I think we'll be able to press the ball downfield a little more than what we did last year. Closed quote. Zach, what jumps out to me there just real quick, and I want your thoughts, is – the fact that he's making it clear he had no freedom to make any changes to the line of scrimmage last year. Well, I can't really fault Scangarella for that. He was a raw quarterback. You know, he was on injured reserve most of the year. I I don't fault the Broncos for taking it slow and putting training wheels on him, but he kind of confirmed what we all knew under Pat Shermer. It's going to be a very downfield approach on offense, a a very vertical approach, an aggressive approach. I like hearing it from the horse's mouth, pun intended, but it's nothing we didn't already know, Chad. Real quick, so we don't have to pass up any of our superstars and, and find them on YouTube, and we want to be able to show their their super chats on the screen. Let's grab Bronx Legend really quick, $10 super. Thank Appreciate you, my friend. Consistent, amazing. We got, uh, we got a hat coming your way that's already been put into the system, just a small token of our appreciation of your support of the channel and our show. We really appreciate it, my friend. Yeah. He says, from these reports and from the man himself, Drew Locke, the work ethic to be successful is there. He's got it. Hashtag state of being. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. Amen to that. That's one thing undoubtedly that he proved last year. You know, part of that quantum leap that I'm talking about from game preseason game three to week 13 when he was basically stuck on the sideline and exiled is he went through each and every practice twice through virtual reality. He would go out and watch it in the morning. Well, so twice, one, one of which was virtual reality. So he'd be on the field in the morning, watch practice, and then that would get loaded up. And no, he would go through a virtual reality twice. And then that night, he would, he would go through, he'd put on the VR and go through Joe Flacco's reads, or if it was Brandon Allen, Brandon Allen's stuff in practice. And then that morning before the next practice, he would do it again. So he was, he was putting in the time, he was putting in the effort. Undoubtedly, that's not a question for Drew Locke. Is there any Broncos fan out there who's still comparing Drew Locke or has worries that he's an ex-Paxton Lynch? I mean, he extinguished those worries, Chad, on day one. This kid's work ethic is off the charts. He has more work ethic in his pinky than Paxton Lynch had in his whole body. It's encouraging to see. Of course, we want to see it translate onto the field. It's all talk right now. It's all fluff right now. Everyone is 0-0 right now, but based on everything he's put out, he's owned Drew Locke has the franchise quarterback mantle in Denver, and every interview he gives, Chad, is more and more encouraging that brings me to what he had to say excuse me about the uh let me find it man these i had it organized and then my notes somehow got all schemopis here uh on the expectations so obviously as we've seen for players like paxton lynch who busted wasn't easy on chad kelly wasn't easy on trevor simeon It's never easy on the quarterbacks who end up in Denver because Broncos country has very high expectations for their starting quarterback. And especially when you attach Zach, the, you know, any kind of uh, draft pedigree, that's a premium round first, second round pick that comes with its own set of expectations. I want to read this to you and our audience, what Drew Locke had to say 
about the Broncos offseason moves, what that showed him, and, and whether it's raised his personal expectations. Here's what he said, quote, I think the move just ended up saying that they saw something positive in the way I played in those last games, potentially being a guy here that could stay for a long time and help the Broncos win as many games as possible. It means a lot to me to see that happen. It puts a little extra confidence on my back. Now, at the same time, those expectations do rise when you have so many weapons around you, but I like to say that I hold myself to high expectations. I like to put pressure on myself in general. I think the pressure that I put on myself always outweighs the pressure that comes from media or even friends and family. I feel like the pressure that I hang on my head always means the most in the end to me. Close quote. What jumps out to you about that remark? He's just very mature, Chad. For a first-year starter, a second-year player, for a a natural-born alpha with a gunslinging mentality, he's just a very humble um, confident but not cocky player, and that's what I like to see. I'm not going to fawn over his comments because some of this is cliche, but he's really establishing himself as a leader, and that's what you want to see. Of course, he knows he can talk all he wants. He can have all the expectations, but he has to earn it. He has to prove it on the field. He has to demonstrate he can be the franchise quarterback, and it's not just all talk. It's not just all fluff. I think he will, but he knows, and we all know, it has to actually come out in the wash, as you like to say, Judd. Indeed. Um, let me really quick it the the chat stream skipped one super chat superstar. Let me let me put this awesome member of our community get their question in really quick. Just one sec, guys. It's just a quick matter. This is why we're gonna get Buana Beast more in integrated into what we're doing. He can do this stuff so it doesn't bog down the conversation very soon. We're working on all those details. But Mike Evans jumping in with the ten dollar super. We really appreciate you, Mike. And Really quick, before we address your super chat, I thought that we had connected on Twitter, Mike. I don't know, and I must have confused you with somebody else because following Monday night show, I tried to find you and reach out and tag you as a thank you, like I do after that we do after each and every podcast, but I couldn't find you. So if you are on Twitter, you might already be following myself, Zach, or Huddle Up, or at Mile High Huddle. But either way, reach out and touch base and say, hey, this is Mike. This is my account. If you are indeed on Twitter, so we can connect. Uh, he says, team, super optimistic about our 2020 Broncos. Is there enough film on Drew Locke for defensive coordinators to know how to slow him down? I think there is a little bit, Zach, in terms of, you know, some of his, some of his tells a little bit, but if it would probably be more meaningful if they were carrying over the same scheme, but because it's going to be a different scheme, much different utilizations of personnel. I think a lot of that's going to go out the window, and that can be an advantage for Drew Locke. I think even if he has 16 games on tape, though, Chad, it's a new coaching staff. It's it's new personnel in the field, new wide receivers. Everything's new now. So maybe defensive coordinators can key on his his tendencies or where he likes to go with the ball. But he was a very raw quarterback, and he's going to take a massive leap forward this year. So um, anyone that goes from year one to year two as a quarterback, it, it's completely night and day different. So I don't see any defensive coordinator gaining an advantage by watching Locke's 2019 tape. It's a whole different quarterback. George jumping in from the top rope with a very generous super. You blow us away each and every pod, George. We really love you and appreciate you. You know that. He says, I'm hearing lots of news about us signing 38-year-old Jason Peters. I do agree that we need to get some depth behind Garrett Bowles, but at 38, I think he's too long in the tooth. There has to be better, cheaper options available. There are a couple other options out there, but for what it's worth, George, we're not hearing that from 
local sources. No one I've talked to that's tied into the Broncos is pointing directly to Jason Peters. Where the buzz is coming from is Albert Breer is just connecting the dots. Uh, Sports Illustrated, MMQB. Great guy that kind of took over the column from uh, Peter King when Peter King left the MMQB to go do NBC Sports and whatnot. Albert Breer, very plugged in, but he's national. He's in New York. And he's saying, look, here's a nine-time Pro Bowl left tackle sitting out there on free agency. He looks around the league. Who are some teams that could use a little tackle depth? Ah, Denver Broncos. Doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out, connect those dots. So does that mean the Broncos are after Jason Peters? Not necessarily, but it also doesn't rule it out, Zach. There might be cheaper options on the open market than Peter, someone like Hordy Glenn or Kelvin Beecham, but there's not better options than a nine-time Pro Bowler. His age doesn't matter to me because even if he's a starter, he's a very, very quality left tackle in the NFL as he proved for years and years and years with the Philadelphia Eagles. But he wouldn't even be a starter in this current scenario. You bring him aboard for a one-year, five, six million dollar contract, highly incentivized. He is your backup tackle, a nine-time Pro Bowler in a best-case scenario as your backup tackle. In a worst case scenario he's starting for Garrett Bowles and even then that'd be an upgrade to me money contingent there is no downside to bringing him aboard George loving the mask wore his out on his errands oh, today it's good to know being a responsible American that's awesome George we appreciate you um got my coming I'm excited yes we're gonna one of these uh in the very near future you're gonna have a cold open on the huddle up podcast <laughs> and two masked guys just staring at you. <laughs> Dylan jumping in with uh, Drew Locke is such a breath of fresh air. It is awesome to see a quarterback who's young and determined on the Broncos. And I would agree, Zach, that Locke is ways that he is. But one of the things is he's bringing back a swagger to the offense and to the position, which has been missing since Peyton. And even Peyton, you know, he wasn't the most – it's not like he was – I wouldn't necessarily call it swagger, but when he was out there, he was the boss, man. Like he was running the show – and there was confidence that oozed from that, even though he wasn't necessarily, you know, like like Locke in terms of putting that swagger out on front street, rapping on the on the bench, you know, in between series and all that stuff. But it's still so cool to have it here in Denver once again, where you know that there's a guy with some bona fides under center. And it's not just the swagger. It's not just the intangibles, which, thank goodness, he has those intangibles. The kid is very talented as a, as a quarterback. Yeah, the thing about him, he might be very confident in his abilities. He might be still unproven despite being so confident, but it's genuine confidence. He's not being fake as opposed to Joe Flacco saying he's the understood quarterback as opposed to Case Keenum, Paxton Lynch, uh, Brock Osweiler. That was fake bravado, whereas with Drew Locke, yeah, he hasn't proved he can be a franchise quarterback, but he oozes traits of a franchise quarterback from his mouth, from his arm, from his legs. Everything he does on the field, off the field, screams franchise quarterback. So yeah, the excitement and the optimism in Broncos country right now is palpable. Sometimes I have to mute this mic because my allergies are killing me right now. Uh, so bear with me guys, Michelle, jumping in. Appreciate you. Thank you. $20 super chat. We have connected with you. However, I don't know if you realize this, Michelle, a lot of people, when I bring this up, they don't realize it, but your Twitter account is, what is that? What do you call that? Zach, when it's got the lock on it, it's private. Yeah, it's private. There you go. Thank you. Uh, so that, but just FYI, appreciate you though. She says nothing to add. Just wanted to show my love. Thank you for everything. Michaela. Oh, that's right. That's right. Michaela. Michaela. I got to remember that dude. Michaela. Michaela. I think. Michaela. No, or Michaela. 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 Maybe it's Michaela. 
Michelob Ultra. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate you so much, though. Yeah, thank you for your awesome. support. Thank you. Forgive us if we don't get your name perfectly. Uh, Frankie jumping in. Appreciate you, my friend. $10 super. Thank you, Frankie. Hey, guys. Thanks for all the good work. Did you see the video of Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler talking about what life must be like in Denver? Pretty funny stuff. Yes, we did. Um, we did see that. And hopefully those of you, you have ESPN. Hopefully you were able to see uh, the welcome. Hey, Rookie, welcome to the NFL. Pretty cool. Um, I mean, there's a little tidbit that I tweeted might not necessarily be from, Hey rookie to welcome to the NFL, but there's a little clip that was put together about Jerry Judy from draft night, getting selected by the Broncos and whatnot. And watching that, it's easy to get excited about what that kid and KJ Hamler as well, but Jerry Judy is the first round pick, what he can bring to the table right out of the gates for this team. And how he trains, Chad. I mean, the guy is just such a hard worker. He's so committed to his craft. But on a lighter note, to see K.J. Hamler and Jerry Judy, the way they think of Denver and the connotation they have with Denver, where it's tornadoes dropping cows in the middle of random fields. And it was funny what the Broncos' official Twitter account said. They said, we need to get you to Denver ASAP. It's just a funny little back and forth. And uh, once they get acclimated, they'll know what Denver's really about, Chad. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Ian, I hope we have football. I really want to go to Denver this year. You will. Don't worry, Ian. You will. It's all good, man. Uh, Buona Beast reminding everybody there was two giveaways this week. Reach out for uh, just for Broncos news. So Building the Broncos also did a little giveaway of their own. So we're uh, that's something that we are going to be integrating into what we're doing here with all of the podcasts as we move forward. Uh, let's grab Christian. Appreciate you, my friend, you, with Christian. a $5 super. Just heard that Peyton is interested in becoming an NFL owner. Do you see him owning the Broncos someday? You know, there's been so many reports about different things that Peyton might be interested in doing from broadcasting to GM to being an owner. His interest in becoming an owner has has existed for quite a while. Could he be the owner of the Broncos someday? I doubt it, but you never know. I think, I mean, he he would have to put together one of those groups – in order to gin up the scratch to buy the Broncos. I mean, yeah. as much money as he made, 
he made how many? I mean, I think he played out three or maybe more hundred million dollar contracts as a quarterback. And that has, that doesn't of course talk uh, or even mention any of his endorsements and all that stuff. But even still, even if he saved each and every nickel Zach or invested each and every nickel and got a significant return, it's not three and a half, four billion dollars. I mean, right. it takes a lot of, a lot, a lot of money to afford to buy a NFL team, but he might be able to put together an ownership type of team where there's different investors, there's different um, ownership groups. It happens in the NFL. Maybe I just wouldn't necessarily see him trying to swoop in and buy the Broncos. I think at minimum you need 30% of whatever the team is worth down. So at 30% of whatever billions the Broncos worth, I don't math, so I don't know, but it's, I think, more than Peyton Manning has. And I think he does want to run an NFL team. He saw John Elway do it. He's seeing John Lynch do it, former players becoming executives. He wants a hands-on approach. I just don't think it's happening in Denver, even though he's, he's still friendly with the organization. The next owner will be someone in the Bowen family, barring anything surprising. Peyton, I believe, will be in a front office someday, maybe with the Colts. I just don't see it with the Broncos. Andy on Facebook wants to know, hi, I'm going to chime in on, I'm not going to chime in on any current subjects. Maybe. Ha ha. I'm just curious who on the roster is your favorite player. Also, who is the MVP on the team this year? Number one fan in Kansas and the world. Thank you. Andy, I could tell you different players that I like to watch, different players that are my favorite to cover, but the last seven, eight years of really covering this team every day, analyzing them, I've, you know, back, for example, back in the day, and I'll be honest about this, as a fan of the Denver Broncos, when the Broncos would play, like, I'd get worked up. Like, my adrenaline would be pumping. If the Broncos lost a game on Sunday, like, I'd probably be in a bad mood that night or I'd be irritated when I wake up Monday. Little things that almost every fan out there right now is nodding their head and going, yeah, that's, that's life as a fan. But when you start covering them every day, it, you kind of have to detach a little bit and, you know, you watch it from a little bit more objective lens. My favorite guy to cover right now on the team with uh, Derek Wolf being gone, it would have been Derek Wolf. Hmm. What do you think, Zach? I'm a big Drew Locke fan. I'm a big Philip Lindsay fan, but Corlin Sutton to me, he's a number one wide receiver. He, what he does in the in, with contested catches, what he does on the field, he's a bona fide star, a very humble guy. It's been a pleasure watching him, Chad, go from wide receiver three to wide receiver one. Drew Locke, Philip Lindsay, uh, uh, and uh, Corlin Sutton, my three favorite players to watch the, in the Broncos. The question of who will be the MVP, it has to be Drew Locke this year. If the Broncos yeah. are going to reach that, you know, or even come close to reaching the potential of this young roster, it all centers on Drew Locke. And of course, all the key guys have to have to carry their their fair share of the water, the Von Millers, the Bradley Chubbs, the Jarrell Casey's, the AJ Bouyers, and then on the offensive side as well. Everyone's got to do their part. But if this thing's really going to move forward at the clip that the team hopes it can, it all boils down to Drew Locke being that guy. David jumping in, super chat superstar. Really appreciate wow. you, David. Thank you, David. Twenty dollar super. He says, I heard as well about Jason Peters. Is this true? Would like to see, please, what uh, that you guys put bigger sizes. Okay. Uh, four and five times X. I'll have to look into that. I think on, does it stop at three X? I don't know. I'll have to yeah. see on our provider. We'll, we'll check it out, my friend. Uh, in the merch store for us fat guys. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm there with you, Doug. Thanks again, guys. Hashtag bleed orange and blue. David, I promise you we will take a look at that ASAP for you, my friend. And uh, get back to you on that. Um, all right, let's see here. Jerry on Facebook, Zach. 
Care to make any bold predictions about how Locke and the Broncos match up against the Chiefs this season? Is it easier to play it safe and say, I don't know, or split? Or do you think we can be as tough as to be able to sweep Kansas City this year? You know, I'm going to keep it on the realistic side, Zach. I think going however many years, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, five years of real time without beating the Kansas City Chiefs, I'm not going to come out of here and say, you know, Broncos are going to sweep the Chiefs in 2020. It's just, we'd be lying to you. We'd be blowing smoke up your skirt. What I will say is that if the Vance Joseph, Case Keenum-led Broncos can bring it to within one sailed pass down the right sideline intended for Demarius Thomas from beating the Chiefs in Denver, I think this collection of talent with Drew Locke and with a healthy Chubb and a healthy Von Miller can at least split and win at home, Zach. Yeah, I don't have any bold predictions. I do believe the Broncos will split and they will score more points than the Chiefs if that counts as a bold prediction with Patrick Mahomes. But um, it would not surprise me if they swept the Chiefs. I'm just not expecting them to sweep the Chiefs. That's a tall order. And if they can do it, though, Drew Locke is the real deal. And if they sweep the Chiefs, it means the Broncos are bound for a deep postseason run. Stu, MHH, Mount Rushmore, jumping in with a $20 super. Thank you, Supporting the cause each and every time we turn on the lights, turn on the mic, set up the laptop, and show up to talk Broncos. Stu is not only here in the community to participate in that conversation, but he's helping to support the channel and support the podcast. We love you, Stu. We really appreciate you. I hope you know how much that means to us, my friend. Um, All right, let's see what else we got here. Trying to keep it as balanced between regular comments and the supers tonight as possible, but the superstars got to come first. All right. It did one of those jumps. So let me just mosey down real quick and see what we've got right. Man. Lance Sanderson taking over the chat stream. Brett jumping in. The Brett-tastic one on Twitter. $20 super. Thank you, Brett. Really means a lot, Brett. Thanks, my friend. Hello, gentlemen. Just a reminder to smash that like button. Thank you, my friend. Guys, you don't have to super chat. You don't have to buy merch. We appreciate you being here and listening to the pod, participating in the conversation. One simple thing you can do to support the cause beyond that is like the video, whether you're on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, wherever you're watching, Twitch, easy, organic way. And Brett, thank you for helping us to remind everybody of that. That uh, is very helpful. Let's grab Donnie Boy jumping in, $2 super. Thank you, Donnie. Don't forget about Watts and Chubb's teammate. I, I <laughs> no idea. Mm, maybe Please. it was a conversation that was happening on stream. Clarify for us, Donnie. Let us yeah, know. Yeah, Donnie, clarify that. I'm not sure what you mean. Circle back. It doesn't have to be a super chat to clarify. We'll keep an eye out for clarification on that. Darth Schwartz. Cool, man. Cool name. Hey, I'm a Star Wars nerd too, my friend. Uh, $5 super. Thank, Thank you. you. If, you're on, if you're on Twitter, reach out. We'll connect so we can shout you out after the show. Why did Patrick Mahomes play one game his rookie season and the national media fell in love with him? Locke played more, better. Why can't Locke get love? Darth, for what it's worth, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm remembering this the right way, Zach. Correct me if I'm wrong, okay? He came in. He started that one game, beat Paxton Lynch head-to-head in Week 17, of his rookie season did Patrick Mahomes. Then they trade away Alex Smith in the off season, that whole summer uh, of training camp for the chiefs. All I remember reading in headlines were all the picks Mahomes was throwing in training camp. Mm-hmm. I don't remember him. And just like, Oh man, did the chiefs make the right decision? Get rid of Alex Smith. They've been to the playoffs f- five years in a row or whatever it was. 
that's what I remember. And then all of a sudden he took the league by storm in 2018 later on that fall. Now at this point, of course, he's going to be outshining a player like Drew Locke because he's a league MVP and now he's a world champion. So obviously that those scales aren't exactly balanced right now. As it relates to Locke, they just need he just needs to have a full season of basically what he did last year in five games. You know, if he can extrapolate that over a full season and not get hurt and it can translate to some team success, you'll see him get similar type of accolades and attention. You hit the nail on the head, though, Chad. The, the reason why he got the attention Mahomes did is because the Chiefs were a, a consistent playoff team. Every single year, they were on the NFL map. They were leading their division. They were making noise. The Broncos haven't made the playoffs in a half decade. They, I hate to say it, they don't matter in the scope of national media or the national view of Denver. That could change this year with Drew Locke under center, but this is, again, the national media's bias against anything Broncos. Even if Locke went undefeated last year, even if he won eight games, nine games, they still would not be paying attention. They'd still be saying the same slanderous things about Denver, but that's how we like it. Again, that's how it should be for the Broncos. The disrespect card, the bulletin board material, anything they can do to be underdogs and not be favored. That's how they win, and that's how they succeed. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Harry, the chat stream passed you up, but you know how much we love you, my brother, up in Canada, proving it is not a geographic location. It is a state. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner of being you know how much we appreciate you terry and the same for our friend here let me let me put him in the let me just paste him in real quick i'm sorry it skipped you two fellas you know how much we we love you mad ludlow as well just showing some love no comment no question just showing some support appreciate you my friend and then let me see where the next one is to johnny johnny c baby we're gonna grab you right here definitely not gonna skip Johnny, baby, bear with me one second. Okay, got him. John jumping in, $10 super, one of our bona fide super chat superstars. Thank you, bro. He says, can't wait to watch due to work, uh, so he can't watch live. So this is after the fact, John. We're thinking of you, my friend, but we'll catch the vid later tonight. Have a great night, Broncos country. Hashtag state of being. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. Appreciate that, John. We hope you like the answer. Yes. Two more here real quick. This is uh, 
not necessarily a question. I guess it's a question, but it's more rhetorical, as you guys will see in nature. But uh, C. Beston, Beeston, just showing some love. Appreciate that, my friend. Thank you. What up, fellas? Love the show. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. Really appreciate you, my brother. And then Red John, we, we cannot pass over Red John, who's jumping in to show some love and support. And we are not going to skip over you, my friend. He says, with a $5 super, thank you, John. Thank you, John. Is it homeristic to say on paper there's talent and potential to be even greater than the Chiefs in a few years? If coached right, this group can be very special. If you couch it within the scope of a few years, <clears throat> I don't think it's, it's, it's being too homeristic. But, you know, let me just put those glasses on for a second. Let me put on the orange-colored glasses. If Pat Shermer is the truth, and Mike Shula is the truth, and Drew Locke is the truth, and Vic Fangio proves that he has mastered the art of being a head coach and a defensive coordinator and a play caller on game day, and all those things come together, that ends up offsetting some of the things that the Chiefs have over the Broncos right now in a proven coaching staff that's won a world championship. And, you know, all their expertise is mostly on the offensive side. If the Broncos, if things work out with Shermer, you got a bona fide expert that can produce on game day and a quarterback on the offensive side and Vic Fangio on that defense on the other, I could see it becoming greater than the Chiefs, but everything's got to come together, Zach. Yeah, I was going to say collectively, the, the Broncos foursome has a potential on the field on paper-wise to be as good as Kansas City, but the big difference is coaching. Coaching, coaching, coaching. Say what you want about uh, Andy Reid. He is a hell of a coach, probably the best offensive schemer in the entire NFL. If the Broncos can match that type of wit and talent and creativity with Drew Locke, yes, in a couple years they can be right up there with the Mahomes, Chiefs, and the firepower and the explosive offense. But until that point, Mahomes and Andy Reid are clearly number one. It's not bias. It's not negativity. It's just what's so right now. Drew Locke has still got to marinate just a little bit, and all these new pieces, they just have to come together. Now, that's not going to stop us from talking about it and being excited about what the future holds and recognizing the potential spark. And Drew Locke might be that spark, and I think he could be. But we're just te- we're just te- tempering it slightly with okay. reality check of, I mean, unfortunately, the 800-pound gorilla right now that is the world champion, they're in the the division, which is very inconvenient. Terry jumping in. There he is again, $2 super. Appreciate you, bro. Hashtag state of being, reminding everybody, smash the like button. Appreciate that, Terry. Drew, it's good to see you, my friend. Been a few days. Thank you, Drew. Rocking the huddle up hat like a boss, probably the MHH hoodie as well. Really appreciate that $20 super, Drew. And, of course, it's always good to connect with you and chit-chat on Twitter. He says, I want Jason Peters. There's no way he doesn't start over uh, Bowles. I'm I'm guessing you're saying Bowles by week four. Yeah, he's old, but he is a quality tackle regardless. Drew, I'm inclined to agree with you that if you could get him in, you know, peel off some of that Evan Mathis money, do it now. Even if he doesn't come in out of the gates and you just rubber stamp him supplanting bowls as the left tackle and you put together kind of a, you know, kangaroo court of an open competition, (laughs) just let Jason Peters be the guy. (laughs) The question is at what cost? At what price, Drew, are you willing to pay to put 38-year-old Jason Peters on this roster, Zach? That's the question in my mind. 
But the thing is, if you can find a reasonable number, and the emphasis is on reasonable, there's no downside to bringing him aboard. There's no character concerns. There's no talent concerns. We all know what he's capable of in Philadelphia. The guy is a nine-time pro bowler. And offensive linemen, Chad, they can play until their late 30s. It's not really old for a a tackle as it would be for a running back or a wide receiver 30. I'm not going to say he's a long-term solution for five, ten years, but for a year or two, until you get your replacement for, for Garrett Bowles or Juwan James, there is no downside to having Jason freaking Peters on the roster. Here we have the winner of today's giveaway in the flesh, Nate Leiter jumping in, $40 super. You didn't have to do that, Nate. That's incredible, Nate. Thank you. We really appreciate that generosity, but you did not have to do that, my friend. He says, Locke was my number two quarterback coming out last year. Who was your one? Murray? Any predictions now that Locke has all these weapons? At least we won't have to bribe Locke with cheeseburgers to watch film like the Raiders (laughs) had to do with Jamarcus (laughs) Russell. And a little purple drink. Let's not forget about the purple <laughs> drink as well. LOL. Yeah, dude, that's uh, that's true. Uh, bold prediction for Drew Locke. It's fun. You know, we've we've done this before, but we're going to have a lot more podcasts between now and when the season starts. So we might as well get used to these bold predictions. Uh, James, we'll grab you one second. Um, my bold prediction for you, Nate, is that Drew Locke throws for about 4,000 yards, maybe just shy of 4,000 yards, and – between 25 and 28 touchdowns. I think Zach's is actually even more bullish than mine on that, on the touchdown side. I mean, how bold do you want to go? I think he can win MVP of the league next year. It could be the year of Drew Locke. That's as bold as I'm willing to go, and it's not so far-fetched when you consider the glut of talent surrounding him now, his improved offensive line, his improved coaching staff, the Broncos' defense being what it is, having an easier schedule this year, Locke's confidence. If he takes a couple steps forward, it's not out of the realm of possibility. He can be your next NFL MVP. James jumping in, bona fide super chat superstar and a big time member of the MHH community. Helps out as a moderator at uh, the Super Fan Facebook group. Appreciate you, my my thank friend. You, Twenty pound uh, super chat. Wow, thank you, very generous, James. He says the big issue for me isn't 2020's tackle depth; it's 2021. I'd trade for a versatile and known quantity in say a Riley Reef at the middle or end of the season. Cleveland can start. Uh, in Minnesota. Okay, right, who they drafted. Send a fourth, raise the floor, and draft another. I like the way you think, James. And, um, you know, we'll see. We'll, when the when the trade deadline rolls around, it's, all, it's always week six of the regular season. I believe it's always week six. I could be wrong on that. It was last year anyway. Um, we'll see. By then, the Broncos will probably have a pretty good beat on exactly – how big of an issue if they don't add any other offensive tackles like a Peters or a Beecham or uh Cordy Glenn, they'll know by then whether or not they need to do something to upgrade that. If Drew Locke's just getting butchered because of lapses by Bowles or Wilkinson, they'll have to try and figure out some kind of a solution in the middle of the season and hold on for dear life till 2021. Yeah, I, I wouldn't give up any capital, though, for a, a backup tackle or backup line when you could just sign Peters, Glenn, or Beecham and not and save the draft pick to me. And if the Broncos are willing to risk that, Chad, going into the season, which is what they have now, and willing to get Locke injured and ruin his confidence and development, that's not the best way to go about this. It would pretty much undo all the progress they've made thus far this offseason. I don't run the team. It's Elway's call, obviously, but I'm bringing in a tackle now. I'm not risking Bowles being Bowles or Juwan James missing a game because of a hangnail. Thanks again, James. JD, on Facebook, we don't want to neglect our Facebook audience. He says, I can't wait for the schedule release tomorrow. 
are the Broncos going to have any primetime games? Yeah, they'll have they'll have yeah. at least two primetime games. Could be more. But yeah, it's going to be, I think it's 8 Eastern, so 6 p.m. Mountain Time. You'll start getting some leaks tomorrow evening leading up to that. But but yeah, we're going to have the full schedule dropped on us tomorrow night, and it'll be fun to see. I'm going to say they get four primetime games. And uh, one of the rumors is week three, they're playing the Bucks. That's that's one of the big rumors out right now. So we'll know tomorrow night by this time, Chad. Appreciate you, George. Jumping back in on Super Saiyan. Smash the like button. Greatest show off the turf. Very flattering, my friend. Thank you, George. And Danny, I still, I was asking, I don't, maybe that was you who posted this on in the community section at milehighhuddle.com about the 12th hardest schedule this year. I haven't seen that. I'm wondering where you got that. Have you heard that, Zach? Maybe I'm just like, I've been buried in the sand that they drew the 12th hardest schedule. 12th hardest. I don't think it was that light. It might have been. I thought it was like six or seven, though. I didn't think it was 12th. I mean, either way, it if it, if it does end up being the 12th hardest schedule, that's about, it's almost a right down the middle type of schedule, significantly easier on paper anyway, than the, the, the second strength of schedule they had last year, which was brutal at times, which is why you do kind of have to tip your cap to what Fangio and company were able to accomplish, even winning seven games. They could have won 10 if just a couple little things had gone differently. Let's see here, guys. We're, where are we at? We're at 40 minutes. We've got some time. Justin jumping in saying with the $10 super. Thank you, Justin. I don't think that the Broncos will be recognized as the favorites until number three puts on a show, wins the MVP and the championship until if ever, if he is undeniably better than Patrick Mahomes, uh, the nation national narrative won't change. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the reality Zach is that, you know, it's again, very inconvenient, but Patrick Mahomes in just three years in the NFL, has accomplished some pretty phenomenal things. And so Locke's got some catching up to do. But he can be to that point. But there's some in the national media that even if the Broncos won a title, even if Locke was the MVP, even if he's the next Patrick Mahomes, there are some that are always going to hate on the Broncos. It's Broncos derangement syndrome. It's never going to change. That's just the bias against Denver. It's up to the Broncos, though, to control what they can control, and that's winning ballgames and block out all the outside noise. Maybe jumping in, and I apologize again if I'm not saying your name correctly. Uh, $10 Super, been extremely active and outgoing these last week or two on on the podcast. We really appreciate you. Thank you. She says, kind of late tonight, just got back from work. Awesome podcast, as always. Go Broncos. That's really cool. We appreciate you, Pavey. Hope uh, things are going well for you in Iowa. Uh, Let's see here what Oscar has to say on YouTube. How many receiving yards? Do you think Sutton, Judy, Fant, and Hamler could get? Are we talking about all together? Because if we're talking all together, I think that that foursome could combine for somewhere around 3,200 yards. I mean, I think that's probably going to be who's going to catch 90% of the yards that Drew Locke throws. It's exactly what I was going to say. And 800 more would go to Philip Lindsay and uh, Noah Fant. And uh, I don't know if Fant was mentioned on that. I don't know if it was just their wide receivers. He was. Uh, the yeah. rest would be Philip Lindsay, Melvin Gordon. Then. So I would say if he throws for 4,000, 3,200, 3,300 would go to the wide receivers. Okay, Donnie. I'm not, now I know what you're talking about. Watts, the undrafted tackle from uh, Central Arkansas, and Chubb's teammate, the undrafted tackle. I didn't realize he was a teammate of Chubb's. Did he transfer from NC State? I don't know. I'll have to do some research, I guess, on uh, on that kid. 
You never know what they could be under Munchak's teachings. One thing I'll tell you, though, is, gosh, what's that kid's first name? Is Hunter Watts. There it is, Hunter Watts. And, yes, I'm pretty sure, yeah, Central Arkansas. So, I don't know, maybe his story, Zach, is that he transferred from NC State. I'm not sure. But one thing I do like about Watts is that he's six foot eight. He's a he's a tackle prospect. Now, can he come in and unseat a guy like Jake Rogers? Only time will tell. But at least the Broncos brought in one offensive tackle this offseason. Hey, it's been a while. One of our bona fide superstars. It's been, a, I don't know, a couple days. Maybe it was last week. Ron Dub jumping in, $10 super. Thank you, Ron. Thanks, Ron. It's really good to see you, bro. Hey, guys, how much closer did we come this offseason on matching the offensive firepower of the Chiefs? Also, do you think we can be a top three defense this year, assuming everyone stays healthy? Really interesting questions there, Zach. Of course, keen on the minds of every Broncos fan is just how much closer has this offseason put the Broncos to the Chiefs it's all about fighting fire with fire. What's your answer for Ron about getting closer in terms of the offensive firepower to the Chiefs? It's like I just explained, though. I mean, you can have all the on-paper talent, all the theoretical upside in the world, but it comes down to coaching. It all comes down to that in the end. And also quarterbacking, Chad. It stops and starts with Drew Locke. And if he's going to be as good as Patrick Mahomes, which I'm not expecting right away, or at, in the vicinity of Patrick Mahomes, then yes, the Broncos can match firepower. In terms of the other part of the question, though, top three defense to me is more realistic than Locke being Mahomes in year one of him being a starting quarterback. They have all the talent in the world. They have the scheme in place. I'd be surprised if the Broncos were not a top five defense in 2020, at least. A top five defense with even a top 15 offense? More often than not, you're making the playoffs with that type oh, yeah. of a formula. So, I mean, even think back to 2016, the Broncos went 9-7, and seven, last uh, the last year of Gary Kubiak with Trevor Simeon starting most of that season. That defense low-handedly allowed the Broncos to balance the scales and, and uh, you know, win above 500, but it still wasn't quite enough because that offense was a bottom third offense. If you can be a top-half offense – with an elite defense, Ron, that's a that's a recipe for success, my friend. And I think I don't think it's outside the bounds of the of the possible for that to happen. Uh, Brian jumping in, rocking that uh, <laughs> one super fan profile. <laughs> Appreciate you, Bri. That's twenty five dollars cool. super. Very generous. You, it does mean a lot to us, my friend. Are you guys going to a Bronco game this year? We'd like to meet up and buy you guys some beers. LOL, love you guys. Go Broncos. Uh, we got some. We're, Zach and I. Let me just say this. And we'll get to some other questions here. Thank you, Bri. Zach and I are still working up some our, what our plans are going to be. We want to make up for the fact that Vegas got canceled. Yes. We had some big-time yes. plans, uh, reservations. Not only did we have our rooms booked, we had a separate room in the casino that we had reserved that we were going to set up to host all of our listeners that are there to come in, hang out, and just kick it and watch the draft. We'll do live stream, be there for the podcast, the whole nine yards. We want to be able to do something similar when the football season rolls around. We just don't know yet exactly. And, of course, once we do have some information on that, we will be passing that on to you guys. Kathy, $10 super. Thank you, Kathy. You've, you. uh, you've been really active lately in the, in the chat stream, and we definitely have noticed and appreciate your contributions, and thank you for that donation. She says, hey, Broncos country, sorry I'm late to the party. Thanks, Chad and Zach, for all you do. It was cool seeing Drew's interview from home today. I'm excited for this season. Yeah, that's uh, – it, it is cool. I mean, 
it's kind of ironic too because he's during the Zoom press conference. Zach, he's on screen talking to them behind him. You can tell he's at mom and dad's house. Is <laughs> black mural of Drew Locke, the player. Like I think it was Missouri. Might have been his high school years, but yeah, it's cool to see. And you know, his dad Andy is helping him to memorize the new offense and the play calls and whatnot that come along with Pat Shermer. And um, things haven't been easy for the Locke family. I mean, Drew Locke's a professional athlete, and there's a little bit of, um, you know, it's a second-round contract, so it's not all the money in the world. Compared to average people, it's a lot of money, right, to, to people like us every single day. The money that Drew Locke made even last year is a ton of money, but it's not all the money in the world. And his father owns seven restaurants in the Kansas City area. Anyone that's in that hospitality business right now, you know – has been drastically affected by the word that shall go unnamed over these last two months. So they're uh, holding on for dear life, trying to trying to succeed through this uh, quarantine. So we're hoping that that happens for the Locke family, and I'm sure I'm sure that it will. James jumping in, and he with five dollars super says, "Sorry guys, James. missed the start." All good. All good, James. Good to see you, my friend. Thank you. Let's see here. Bear with us for one second. Broncos country. All right. Christy's feeling better. She says that's good. She's no longer, maybe it's still a little bit under the weather, but feeling better is yeah. a good thing. It's good to hear. Jamal jumping in $10 super. Thank, Thank you, you my friend. Awesome. We'll be reaching out and tagging you on Twitter after this podcast. So really appreciate your support, Jamal. Um, all right. Let's see here. George pointing out here. If Locke pans out, which he will, the Chiefs won't know what hit them. Hey, man, it's good to have a little confidence right now. Four and one, ride that wave. Here's Christy jumping in, $10 super. The queen of MHH. That's right. Love you guys. I've missed you all so much. Keep up the good work. Appreciate you. Thank you, Christy. Terry, Chad must be cold. No, I just don't want to take off my hat, my glasses, and my – it was it was maybe an error to do that at the top of the show. Maybe I should have done it at the end. Chad just robbed a well. He robbed a Wells Fargo before we. Got That's on. right. That's <laughs> right. Uh, James jumping back in. Thank you, James. Chiefs were thirty first on defense. If Lot can produce first downs, keeping Chubbs and Miller among others, Broncos could be more balanced offense and defense. Yeah, man, that's the idea. They want to balance the scales and take some of the pressure off this defense that has basically had to carry all the water since even 2015, Zach. Can we just get off the Chiefs tangent, though? I mean, yeah, it's important to beat them. It's important. We all want the Broncos to sweep the Chiefs, but the Broncos have to face other teams in just Kansas City as well. They have to take care of business throughout the entire league, the entire NFL docket, not just Kansas City. This is a team that hasn't made the playoffs in a half decade. So as much as we all want the Broncos to take over the Chiefs' crown, let's let's focus on one step at a time. Let's see what's on our plate before asking for, for seconds. Kevin G jumping in $2 super. Thank, Thank you, Kevin. Kevin Peters or Beecham get rid of bowls. If I had to choose between those two, I'd probably take Beecham. And I know that sounds like sacrilege because Peters is a nine time pro bowler. The only reason I say that there's two reasons, Peters age and probably his relative cost. So maybe three 38 years old. He's going to want probably more. And Kelvin Beecham played under Mike Munchak. So there is some familiarity there. I could see perhaps paying dividends for the Broncos, and I think he'd come at a much cheaper cost. And Jason Peters knows Shermer as well from their days in Philadelphia. So either one, I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's a traffic cone. As as long as Garrett Bowles is not the sole tackle on the depth chart, they need some depth behind him. Only two, Jody. 
They only sent me two, bro. And guess what? They're both white. So it's just, I, I just roll with whichever one's clean today. You know what I'm saying? Uh, let's grab Kevin here. Jump it in with the $10 super. Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate you, my friend. Although, Zach, we were underdogs most of our games last year and lost nine, we don't need the underdog mentality. We only need the confidence and swag that our young group has. Hashtag Florida strong. Hashtag state of being. I don't think, Zach, swag is going to be a problem for this team heading into 2020. No, but where does swag show up on the stat sheet? What has swag done for the Broncos since 2015? They have to have that underdog mentality. They have to realize also they're not the Chiefs. They're not champions. They're not even playoff contenders until proven otherwise. So the underdog mentality, I say that, is because that's what the Broncos thrive on. They're used to this Denver bias already where the Adam Ranks of the world and the Peter Schregers of the world are giving the Broncos no chance. That's what I want. Right behind me, a bulletin board, and that's what the Broncos have to put on there. All the different things, all the 2-14 and 14 predictions, all the, the bad uh, conjecture put out against Denver, they thrive off that. It's not what I want. It's what historically the Broncos are fueled by. I mean – SI, God bless them. We love them. I mean, our colleagues at the national office, they did a poll and they dropped the Broncos after giving them a great A in the draft. They dropped them two spots from where they had them in the power rankings after the Super Bowl. It's ridiculous. That's what he's talking about. And the Broncos, you know, they're going to focus in on that, latch in on that, and use it as fuel. Justin jumping in with a $3 super. Thanks, J Bone. What's up, guys? Keep up the good work. Hashtag in lock, we trust. Amen, brother. Uh, Kenneth wanted to know, I'm hearing people compare Judy to Marvin Harrison. Is this a realistic opinion? It's very realistic in terms of his route running prowess and just kind of his smooth body control. I can definitely see that. Marvin Harrison and Mari Cooper, if if he, you know, nails either of those pre-draft comparisons going along with Cortland Sutton and the rest of the Broncos firepower, it's going to be a very fun offense for years to come. All right, Leroy's letting us know. Hey, guys, I ordered a Mile High Huddle shirt and a mask today. Awesome, dude. Really appreciate that, Leroy. When you get it, uh, make sure you send us a a uh, selfie that we can we can help you and support you and, and uh, give you a shout-out on social media. That's really cool. We appreciate that, my friend. Let's see here. Broncos fan 13, $10 super. Thank you. If you're on Twitter, my friend, make sure you reach out. We'll connect. Do you think Royce Freeman will play a role in this upcoming season or get phased out due to the addition of Melvin Gordon, kind of like Devontae Booker did with Lindsey and Freeman? He'll have a role, but I'm honestly on the fence in terms of what it's going to be. I mean, it's going to be Lindsey and Gordon given the first seats at the table, but I'm really curious, Zach, to see how Royce Freeman responds to this because – you know, you could, we, we've talked about how it was bringing in Gordon is an indictment of sorts on Lindsey, but it's unquestionably an indictment on Royce Freeman. Yeah. I mean, they didn't bring in Gordon to replace Lindsey. They brought in Gordon to, to compliment Lindsey. Who he's replacing is Royce Freeman. Now, is his pride as a pro, is that going to show up from Freeman? Is he going to elevate his game and rise up? Or is he going to, kind of like Booker did, cower, go into his shell and just kind of let – let things happen. I hope not. I hope it elevates them. But even if it does, those two guys are going to remain top of the food chain unless the injury bug has a say in it. 
I, I think the Broncos gave up on Royce Freeman to be a number one or number two back, but I don't think Royce Freeman gave up on himself to be a number one or number two back. I don't I don't doubt he's going to be the new Devontae Booker in the sense he's relegated to third string duties. He's going to be a, a forgotten guy on the outside looking in. But as a third running back, he's going to be better than Devontae Booker. You can do a lot worse. Say what you want about Royce Freeman. He's a plotter. He's a two-down player. You can do a lot worse than having him as your third string guy in this offense with Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon ahead of him. Here's EA Shalom. I read, I think it was Bleacher Report, that Riley Reed could the Broncos trade for him. What would they have to give up? Um, Can we just answer this? Well, it was kind of brought up by James about his, his uh, not so much a theory, but possibility of maybe trying to explore a trade for a guy like him at uh, midseason. I'm just looking into really quick what his contract looks like. I want to see if that's even feasible for this team right now. Bear with me one sec. He's not better than a Jason Peters or a Cordy Glenn or a Kelvin Beecham, so I'm not giving up draft capital. I can just sign a guy off the street and save my draft picks. His base salary is $11 million, and then he's on the hook next year for 11.6 plus some workout bonuses. So I don't know. It just would depend entirely on what we see from – what the team sees from Garrett Bowles this summer. Does he step up uh, and really show that the – Week nine on last year under Munchak was not a fluke. Does Elijah Wilkinson somehow manage to unseat him as the star? I mean, if these things unfold a certain way, the Broncos aren't going to just roll into the season with a turnstile at left tackle. They will do something. Question is what Riley Reef, if you know, if he ends up being a bubble guy, he would be on the list of options, but I would be more inclined to go with something a little bit more feasible financially like a Kelvin Beecham or a Jason Peters, both of whom have history playing with the coaches that are now on the offensive side for Denver. I mean, raise your hand in the comments. You'd rather the Broncos give up a fourth-round pick and pay Reef $11 million or save the draft pick and pay Jason Peters 8 9 or even the same $11 million. To me, let me know in the comments, but to me, it's a no-brainer. All right, guys, we're getting a close to sign-off time here tonight. Let me just... Scroll up here after it did a jump and make sure I'm not missing anybody. Drew jumping back in. Appreciate you, wow, Drew. You sure. know you don't have to do that, bro. It's amazing, man. Thank you. I'll throw out a lock prediction. 4,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, 15 picks, possibly a Pro Bowl. No, no possibly. Zach, He'd be if in. If he throws for 4,030, he's going to the Pro Bowl. Absolutely. Yeah, and all of his main weapons are as well. Cortland Sutton, maybe Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay, Jerry Judy. Yeah, the Broncos will be a playoff team, and Lockwood put himself, Chad, 30-15, 4,000 yards. That's MVP territory, depending on what the quarterbacks around the NFL do. I would gladly take that. Dr. Strangelove jumping in with a $5 super. Thank Thanks you. for that, Doc. Feels like this offseason was Elway calling his ride-or-die homeboys for one last Super Bowl run while Locke's cheap and he's still under contract at GM. There's a lot of truth to that because there's something telling me in the back of my mind, dude, just reading the tea leaves, Elway, I don't think he wants to remain the top football decision maker beyond his 2021 contract when it, when it ends. And if, and when that happens, I could see him staying with the team and taking a lesser role and pass it. Like he could still remain president of football operations, but he's not the guy at the top it's a Matt Russell. It's somebody else that he's groomed. Matt's the guy he's groomed. Or it could be an outside hire. But something tells me it's 2020 and 2021. That's the window of time that Drew Locke has to prove Elway right, capitalize on all these moves, all the new talent that has flooded this roster. 
and uh, make some hay. If Elway wants out, he's not going to do it on a downturn. He's going to wait until the Broncos are at their peak again. That's whether it's Drew Locke taking the next step, the Broncos being back in the playoffs. If by 2021, the Broncos are established as a bona fide playoff team, they go 10 and 6, 11 and 5. I could see Elway saying, you know what? I finally found a quarterback. I won a Super Bowl. I, I, I bought the Broncos back from mediocrity. They're, they're back on the NFL map. Now I'm going to step back out of the limelight and let Matt Russell take over. I can see that happening, but not until then at the earliest. His ego won't allow it. I agree. He's that competitor. And that's why he didn't walk away in the depths of this Bronco, you know, the depredations wandering the QB desert for these last few years, the Vance Joseph embarrassment that those two years were for him. And Mm, I mean, a lot of guys would have wilted under that pressure, but he's the guy that wants to compete and rise above. And and he's like, Zach, you hit the nail on the head. He's just not going to walk away at the, at the lowest point, he's going to wait till it's at least back on the rise and unquestionably back where it needs to be. Not like right now where it's like, we think it could be, it's, it's right. bounced off the bottom. It's at least had like the Broncos are going to be a thing, I think before he walks away, but I think he's circling that 2021. I'm telling you, I don't know. I could be wrong. This is just a, I'm not reporting anything on this aspect guys. So don't misinterpret what I'm saying. It's just kind of a feeling a bold prediction. I wouldn't be surprised if he does in fact, shift now dylan jumping in uh saying tebow tim tebow was a great story but i didn't see him taking us to the super bowl he was a great story and there was so much to like about tim tebow such you want to talk about a competitor that year was exciting so many fluky wins and so much fun but the writing was absolutely on the wall there dylan that if you have a chance to upgrade with a peyton manning there's almost no quarterback on the face of the earth that you take over Peyton Manning, Tim Tebow, not the least of of which. Uh, Zach jumping in with a $2 super. Thank you, Zach. Thank you. And also, if you're on Twitter, reach out and we'll connect. Why the disrespect in the national media? Without going down all the rabbit holes on this topic, Zach, it really just boils down to what what have you done for me lately? Yep. The Broncos have always struggled, even during the Peyton Manning era, to garner – the love and, and, and respect of the national media. And it's kind of because I wouldn't necessarily call Denver a secondary market, but they're not one of the major media markets. And so, you know, they're, they're fighting upstream, but these last four years have been some dark days in Denver. So they have to be the ones to change that narrative. Meanwhile, they're going to take all the negative comments, like we've been saying, all the negative power rankings, all the disrespect, and they're going to find a way to harness that into some bulletin board material that they can, you know, use on the field. I hate to answer a question with a question, but it's like saying, why is water wet? It, it's just what's so. It's just how it is with the Broncos and, and their their view around the NFL. I, I want to just tack on to my previous point, though. I saw some some pushback in the comments about the Broncos shouldn't feed off negativity. You guys, anyone who believes this, it, it'd be naive to think the Broncos are not listening and reading and remembering all the negative stuff said about them. You'd be naive to think they're not storing it in their minds on a whiteboard somewhere in the team facility when they can get back in the building you are naive to think that they will be fueled on that and then at the end of the year when they're back in the playoffs and Locke is the franchise quarterback then they can flex and they can say you know what told you so amen to that justin jumping back in five dollar super appreciate you justin. you justin it would be too boring if the national media hyped them up like a team someone happens to cover winky face <laughs> hashtag underdogs hashtag let it breathe hashtag put on subtweeting me justin that's right buddy that's right <laughs> Amen to that, Justin. James, jumping back in. If you too, Mile High Huddle, can handle constructive criticism, green screen, a little more hype, 
your podcast will double, triple, put it, put in, get out. Oh, we've re- dude. Here's the thing. I don't like the way those green screens look, dude. I'm sorry. That's one of the reasons why we've kind of dragged our feet on it. There is a uh, service called X Split where you can do different things. Like if you if you think back to John Elway's press conferences during the draft and it would show his outline and then the Broncos, it, it was like a digital version of the Broncos draft uh, backdrops that you would see if he was standing at the podium. I just think it looks cheesy, dude. I don't like it. So I don't know. We're still playing with that, but I uh, appreciate your two cents either way, James. I am Supreme 22 jumping in. Thank appreciate you. that. My friend, you make the drive home bearable. Awesome. Appreciate you. It's awesome to hear. hear man. We love, we love hearing that. And it means the world to us. Oh, Dave jumping in, dude. I didn't think you were going to make it. Rocking the mask like a boss. He uh, reached out earlier. He wasn't thinking he was going to be able to make this because of work, but he did. Appreciate you, Dave. Made it. Glad I got to be here for the show. So Thank are we, you, man. man. It's good to see you. Yeah. Um, let's see here. We're running really short. Insaney Maruf- Mar- Marufo. Sorry, man, if I butchered your name. Really appreciate that super chat. He Thank says, you, Sorry, man. I'm late, fellas. Keep up the good work. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. Hey, man, if you're on Twitter, make sure you reach out so we can connect and shout you out after this pod here. Let's see what's on Jay's mind. Appreciate that $2 super, Jay. Thank you. We should pick up Logan Ryan and move him to safety. Now, if you're going to if you're gonna sign what a lot of NFL pundits believed was one of the top free agent corners on the market this year, why would you move him to safety? However – that's what the Broncos did with Kareem Jackson. So Good I guess point. it's not it's not too crazy to think, but uh, Logan Ryan's definitely not coming to, to Denver at this point, Jay. In fact, Michael Ojemudia, word on the street from Mike Kliss, is that the Broncos expect him to start this year, the third-round pick, oh, because they want Callahan in the slot, and they're not ready to crown Devontae Bosby as a starter yet. So mm. Michael Ojemudia, I was telling you guys when that pick was made that – he was my sleeper to be a starter in from this, this rookie class in 2020. He still has to beat out guys and and we'll see, but keep an eye on that. I'm not wild about that, but I'd rather sign Prince and Mukamara and move Isaac Yadam to safety. And just, uh, I think it'd be a better setup than signing Logan Ryan. And like you said, Chad, taking away his biggest strength and forcing him at safety where there's no guarantee he'd be a better player. All right, guys, let's see what uh, our troll here. I think he's being most. He's been mostly good natured tonight. Low lip McGee. Ah, it's been a while. Let me tell you something, low lip. It's good to see you. We we welcome you in if you're going to be respectful and cool. I'm uh, buddies with Chris and Ryan of Lockdown Chiefs. We don't go hang out in their streams. We don't go hang out on their podcasts because we have a life to live. We got better things, <laughs> bigger things to do. God bless them. We love them. So just you know, take that information. Do with it what you will. Chris in particular is a good buddy of mine though. Those guys do great, a great job on their podcast. All right, guys, we have to wind it down here. Let me just make sure we're not missing anybody. James, by the way, this is interesting because the idea that because there's so much uncertainty on the 2020 college football season, NFL, it's a business. You know, they're going to find a way to make it work, even if they got to delay things. NCAA is tied to education, and education is really under the thumb of state decisions. So there's a lot of question marks for the NCAA 2020 season. And if so, they're thinking that this supplemental draft could be flooded with legit prospects that are first round, second round caliber players that don't want to risk 
losing out their last season in, in college and just declaring early. If that's the case, James is saying first-round pick, Sean Wade, second-round pick, Alex Leatherwood, Liam Eikenberg, Cole Van Lannan, et cetera, all were eligible for the previous draft, would soothe some tackle worries. Yeah, I mean, Sean Wade would be great in the first round. As, but if, as you know, with supplemental draft, if you did put in a bid and you were awarded any of those guys, first, second round, you lose that pick next year yeah. in the draft. So maybe that's something you are willing to live with. And if it's the right player, I'd be okay with that too. I'm all for bolstering the offensive line. I can't be a hypocrite, but do you want a supplemental draft tackle as the only thing behind Garrett Bowles and Jawan James? No. If you sign Jason Peters or acquire a tackle and then go to the supplemental draft, the more the merrier. But I'm not relying on a supplemental guy to be the primary backup behind two unreliable tackles. James, jumping in. Last super chat of the night. Appreciate that, bro. Thank you, James. Rookie starter, Jerry Judy, Cushenberry, and Sternad. Um, Throw in... I'm telling you, throw in Michael Ojemudia. That's what we're hearing here, my friend. All right, guys, we got to get out of here. Here's a reminder from Buona Beast. For those of you who missed it, Buona Beast has joined us as official staff, helping out on the podcast, helping out on YouTube, and we'll be talking about how he's going to be more integrated in what we're doing here in the coming weeks. But he's reminding everybody and thanking everybody for another great pod, great conversation in the chat stream. We love it. You guys affect the programming of each and every podcast and we love it. It's so much fun. We look forward to these podcasts each and every day. Remember seven pods per week, one every day, leave a like and subscribe. We're close to 7,000. We all know that the number seven has a special significance to Broncos country and a reminder, keep the conversation going guys at milehighhuddle.com. All the articles, all the videos, community section, comment. That's where all of us staffers at MHH hang out in between these pods. So, Shout out to all of you that took the time to join us, whatever platform, mile high salute to our super chat superstars. We're going to get out of here for tonight, but we'll be back in the saddle tomorrow night for the mile high mailbag. So if we missed your question, hold on to it. Sorry if we did, we can't get to each and every one. The the bigger the show gets, the harder it is to to do that. But if we did miss you, circle back and uh, we'll try and get to it tomorrow. Meantime, make sure you're following the show on Twitter at HuddleUpPod. And while you're at it, the main account at Mile High Huddle, you can see where to find my partner, Zach Kelberman at Kelberman NFL, myself at Chad and Jensen. So stay tuned, guys. We'll be back tomorrow night, 615 Mountain, 815 Eastern. And until then, Zach, have a great night, bro. Schedule release tomorrow, Chad. Mailbag schedule, busy pod tomorrow night. That's right. In fact, while we're potting, it's going to be unfolding, or at least the news will have hit right at the top. So we're going to have a lot to talk about tomorrow night, guys. So bring wait. bring your A game. And uh, that reminds me, actually. Check out huddleuppod.com when you get some time, if you're in a position. Support the cause. Get some merch. Whatever uh, floats your fancy. All right, guys. For Zach, I'm Chad. We'll see you guys tomorrow night. Thanks again, each and every one of you, for joining us tonight. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. 
Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.